Welcome to the Chad Whittle Podcast. On each episode of the show, Chad is joined by academics, media professionals, and thought leaders to discuss their careers, the latest media developments, how technology is impacting our lives, and so much more. And now, here's Chad. My guest today is the host of the Small Town Podcast and the mayor of Osceola, Georgia, Matt Seal. On his podcast, he talks to other small town officials discussing their stories and the stories of their small towns. Mayor Seal, welcome to the podcast. Chad, thanks for having me. Looking forward to our conversation. You're actually the second mayor from Georgia to be a guest on my podcast. Well, I'm not the first. Who was the first? Scott James in Valdosta. Okay, okay. Scott James Matheson. I've met him a few times. Yeah, we uh, we go back a couple of years. Uh, I worked for him when I attended Valdosta State at his radio stations, and we've kept in touch ever since. Okay, well, that's very cool. So uh, he's he's a good guy. And uh, so, not the first mayor, but certainly the first small town mayor, because Valdosta is is a <laughs> not a small town. A little bigger than Osceola, but Osceola is <laughs> a nice little town. Oh I've, yeah, definitely, definitely. I've been through Osceola many times in my life on the way to Tifton or to I seventy five, coming from Douglas. And that's the story. Most people uh, know Osceola because they're passing through to get somewhere else. So we're doing some things to hope that uh, the people will. Will make their journey to uh, to end up in Osceola. Well, I like passing through Osceola. It's it's as I said, it's a nice little town. It's always fun to just pass through a little town like Osceola. So tell me about your background. This is uh, the first time we've ever spoken. Uh, you've had an interesting journey uh, to Osceola to becoming the mayor. Yeah. Um, the first thing I tell people uh, is, is I, I didn't I didn't grow up here. I wasn't born and raised in Osceola. And I think that's a little odd because uh, in most small towns and rural parts of not just Georgia, but any state, I joke that you have to have five generations that have farmed the land uh, in order to put your name on the ballot and expect to get elected anything. Uh, and that's certainly not the case for me. So um, I uh, uh, have a fraternity brother from from college. I went to Georgia Tech. Uh, and and he's actually born and raised from here. He does have five generations that have farmed the land, so uh, so he's he's definitely a local. Uh, and I would come down to visit with him. Uh, I was living up in Atlanta. I actually grew up in coastal Georgia. Was born in Savannah, uh, raised in Hinesville, which is right near Fort Stewart, big military base, Army base. I uh, went to college at Georgia Tech, and after graduating, stayed up in the metro Atlanta area, and was visiting this fraternity brother down in rural South Georgia. He actually doesn't even live in Osceola. He's, his family's got a, a large muscadine vineyard, big family farm uh, that's that's in Irwin County, but not not in Osceola. And I'd pass through Osceola, kind of like what you were saying, find that find the town to be quaint, nice uh, nice place, laid back lifestyle, kind of easy going, and um, made the comment that I should find some kind of business to invest in, so I'd have a reason to come down more often. And so, uh, so that fraternity brother's mother actually uh, told me about a building that was for sale downtown, and. And I, I didn't think much of it, but she she persisted, and I ended up uh, discussing with uh, with the owners, and uh, ended up buying that building. And uh, at the time, a retail store was uh, was in in most of the building, and um, the daughter of one of the uh, one of the owners that I bought the building from was running the front counter of that retail store, kind of running the operations. And she's now my wife, and uh, I ended up staying in Osceola more than just visiting, and so that's how I came to came to be here. Um, so years later. Uh, ended up uh, running for mayor, not not really something I sought to do, 
but people just kind of pushed me to encourage me. I, I had some views on some things to put some articles in the paper, was kind of outspoken about economic development issues I thought could be done a little different, a little better. And I didn't think that that uh, it was the fate of every small town to just dry up. And that seems to be what, what happens sometimes. But you, you, certainly there's some challenges, but I certainly think there's some things we can do to to keep things going and, and not just survive, but thrive. And so I kind of got pushed to, to get, take on a role where I could help those things and resisted the first couple of times. But in 2015, there was a special election when the, the current mayor at the time resigned to run for a, another office at the state level. And I was pushed into uh, encouraged, I should say. I should I, I say pushed. I, I'm supposed to say encouraged uh, to run for office, and I got elected, and uh, and I've I've been in that, that position ever since. So, two tw- uh, 2015. That that's a pretty good number of years to be the the mayor of Osceola. In your time as mayor, what's been the biggest challenge so far? Oh, I don't know that there's one biggest challenge. It's just a, a lot of rural areas kind of have the same kind of thing. There's a lot of a lot of common challenges. We've got um, kind of the, the tax digest seems to be going down where a lot of folks are, are losing population or at least struggling to maintain. Irwin County is actually going down a little bit, not as bad as some of the other rural areas, other counties we could point to we've maintained. But uh the, the cost of doing things, the cost of even basic infrastructure is probably the easiest thing to point to, keeps going up. But our ability to, to collect taxes based on property values and, and commerce, um, we, we continue to face challenges there. So when it's time to fix a road um, that is in desperate need of repair or water pipes or sewer pipes or things like that, um, the, the costs are going up to do those things, but our ability to pay those costs is is staying the same or in some cases going down. So it's just that basic, you know, the way the, the, way the world uh, has, has kind of shifted as far as how our economies work. Um, you know, things are, are uh, getting centralized and globalized. Uh, and so that's, that's had a, a dramatic effect on, on places where, where fewer people live because they like to live kind of spread out. So to have the same kind of things, um, as, as a bigger city, is it's harder to do. And I just mean some basic amenities to to um, build and maintain some parks and some nice things like that. It's a, a little more of a challenge because there's fewer people here that will enjoy those things. And so fewer people here that, that uh, you know, essentially pay those things through property taxes and sales taxes. And then just some of the retail things. I'm, uh, like I said, I, I ended up buying a building. I kind of ended up becoming a retailer by default within the next 12 months. And that was back in 2005. Um, so I'm, I know firsthand the struggles of small town retail and, and getting people to shop local. It's, it's, it's trending in the right direction. People are appreciating. And honestly, the, the global pandemic we've, we've undergone in the last year has actually encouraged people to support local businesses more, partly because they can't travel. Uh, but partly because they appreciate it more. Um, wow, I forgot this was here. I'm so glad you're still here that we can come and and get what we need or what we want, you know, in in, in a close place down in our own downtown. Um, but but uh, but still, even with that momentum shifting in a positive direction, um, getting people to come to a smaller town and, and generating enough of that sales tax revenue um, is is a continuing challenge. Um, I think there's a trend not just with the, the pandemic, but even before that. Where people are appreciating small towns and appreciating downtowns as opposed to, you know, we're starting to see things shift as far as like people shopping malls aren't quite as, as popular. And sometimes those are not in your downtown area. They're they're on the outskirts of town. 
And so there's a little more of a, of a kind of a shift back to downtowns. And you, you even mentioned passing through Asilla, the, the quaintness, not like passing through a nice downtown. People are stopping more. People are going to places more. So certainly we've, we've had to make efforts to, to you know, bring people on. Um, but, but that's, that's, that's where the challenge is. And so, uh, luckily in my explanation, I'm, I'm able to say that, that things are kind of, uh, starting to trend in a, in a positive direction. And your podcast is a great way to promote Osceola, to get the name of Osceola, Georgia out there to a wider audience. People that may be passing through, traveling through Georgia, if they have to travel through Osceola because of your podcast, maybe they'll stop and shop in Osceola. It's, it's definitely given Osceola, which was exactly the point. It's given Osceola a little more uh, higher profile, a little more notoriety. Um, every once in a while, someone will say, well, hey, you know, why, why aren't you just promoting your town the whole time? Well, there's only so many episodes someone will listen to about the same town. And I want to I want to promote small towns as a as a whole brand. I've got great friends that I've made through the Georgia Municipal Association that are mayors and council members and um, you know, other other appointed and elected officials in small towns, and we all have those common struggles. So if there's a way I can help them too. But yeah, to your point, I get to say I'm Mayor Matt Seal of the great city of Osceola in every episode, and through my my conversations, which are not not scripted. If you listen to it, you know I, we just kind of start with the same question, but where the conversation goes, there's common themes. But it's it's very much an organic conversation. If there's something I can contribute to that conversation that allows me to talk about Osceola, uh, I do. And and so, yeah, people have gotten to know Osceola through those conversations. If they're if they're longtime listeners of the podcast, that's certainly a great benefit. I'm, I'm getting the feedback from that uh, from people that go up to Atlanta to do visits or other people with in conferences across the state. Um, and now even outside the state, people know where Osceola is because of the podcast, which is exactly what I hope to achieve in part. So tell me about your podcast. What made you interested in starting a podcast? Because a podcast, if you really love it, if you're passionate about it, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort to find guests, to record, to travel. It, it can be a hobby and nothing wrong with it being a hobby. But even as a hobby, if you really are passionate about it, you want to make it sound good, it takes a lot of work. So in addition to your duties as the mayor, what made you interested in adding to that this podcast? Yeah, I get that a lot because uh, the mayor, while it feels like a full-time job as far as how much work goes into it, Osceola doesn't have a city manager, so I'm the de facto city manager. Um, but it's it's certainly part-time by pay. The, the salary of the mayor of Osceola is, $8,400 a year. Um, so, so in addition to doing that, of course, I have to, to maintain my own business interest <laughs> for the income part. And the podcast is certainly not a, not a, a big, a big money raiser. Although I have been fortunate to find sponsors and partners that help you know, cover the costs of it. So I'm able to, to do the, the things you just laid out. Very true. You know, all too well from doing your podcast. The thing that inspired me to do it was actually another podcast. There was a podcast that ended up highlighting Osceola, um, but not not in the way that you want to be uh, promoted. Um, there was a podcast called Up and Vanished, um, and it was big. It was getting, you know, a million, million and a half downloads per episode, and it was about a, a crime. It was a missing persons case, um, the, the largest case file in Georgia Bureau of Investigation history, and it was, uh, the, it was a person that was a teacher 
um, who was who was in Irwin County, um, and the, she had disappeared in 2005. The podcast came out in um, I guess that was 2017, and or late 16, early 17. And during the case, they actually made an arrest. Uh, the GBI did um, for the for the murder. They, they found enough uh, during that time. So the the episodes started getting huge downloads, and and the the host and creator of that podcast was on national news media. Uh, it was a big deal. So Oscilla got all kinds of recognition. I'm trying to get some recognition on my podcast. It got a lot more recognition, but not in the way that you would want it to. So the reason I started the podcast was so I could tell the whole story, not just about my town, um, because a lot of times that's just what happens. The news media, they're, they're quick to come down there in their vans to the courthouse for a trial um, for for you know some kind of crime. You know, other small towns that they're in financial trouble and uh, some kind of issue like that. You know how they how the hard how hard a time they're having to recover from some kind of natural disaster. That's what gets put out in the media, not the good things, not the success of a local fundraiser or or you know because those aren't those aren't as sexy, those aren't as exciting you know news headlines. I don't fault the media. I get I get the I, why why one thing's more exciting than the other. That's that's kind of the way the world works. But I'm just trying to counterbalance that. So um, I uh, I didn't. <laughs> If I'd have known what I was getting into and how hard it was, I may have I may have taken a second thought. I'm glad I didn't because it's been an incredible experience as I'm as I'm starting my fourth season now of the podcast. Um, I've just had to because at first I really wanted to do. Oh, yeah, we'll do an episode every week. But as you point out, it's it's there's a lot to it. Uh, and especially in the beginning, I'm starting this newfangled podcast and, and I'm having a you know, hit up my friends that are mayors in, in, in small towns in Georgia. And, and I didn't have to twist anyone's arm, but it wasn't an immediate. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, they didn't quite get what I was doing. They were uncertain about it. But I, I you know, I got some people that uh, that were agreed to to let me sit down, put a big microphone in front of their face and uh, and talk to them and ask them questions about their town and their life and, um, you know, to promote it. Um, since then, as it's gaining popularity, people now reach out to me. And so that part's gotten easier. Um, you know, I got, I've got people that reach out to me to sponsor it. I've got people that reach out to me to, uh, to be guests and to promote their town. But at first, you know, before you, before you hear some of the episodes and know, nobody wants to go first. Um, but, uh, I've, I've had to make the seasons, uh, limited because just like you point out, I've, I've got other obligations, uh, in, in Osceola. Uh, but I do, and I, I like that I decided to do this from the beginning. I don't do any interviews over the phone. I go to the town. I try to get pictures. I get a city hall selfie. Um, I, I really want to promote the town. And so once I begin my season, um, I release a new episode every other week. And during that two weeks where the most recent episode is, you know, whatever small town, we're promoting that town, whatever its annual festival is, whatever historical significance, maybe an event that happened there, a famous person from there. Uh, we're doing that on our social media channels and, and just trying to get people to to take a look and maybe go in there. Because uh, a lot of these towns, some of them, people have never heard of them. Uh, sometimes if you're in, if, if it's a town that's in your region, you've heard of it, but maybe hadn't been through, hadn't been through in a long time, didn't know what was new, what was worth going, uh, going there for, whether that's a restaurant, an event. Um, something of historical nature. Uh, and we're just trying to, you know, kind of bring it about. We talk about the challenges too. You know, there's, there's, I don't, I don't shy away from uh, some of the issues, uh, whether they're social, whether they're some of the fiscal and financial things I just referenced about the challenges in Osceola. 
um, you know, we, we talk about that as well. But um, but I want to tell the whole story and give everybody a chance to find out some of the great things that don't often make it into the media. So how many episodes per season do you produce? Does it vary depending on what you have going on? Or do you have a set number, a goal that you try to reach for each season? I've got it set now to where season four is going to have exactly 20 episodes. Um, when I started out, I said I'll do at least 20 in the first uh, two seasons. I did 22 or 23. And then I, I got to 20 in season three. It was That was a whole different set of challenges because we started that season, started the recordings. And then in uh, in March, that's when we, we started getting hit nationwide and globally, really, with COVID-19. Um, so uh, since I go to all these places uh, personally and sit down in, in person, uh, and again, I think there's something to it as far as promoting the town and getting the, the kind of the flavor of it as I'm talking about it, talking with usually the mayor, but could be somebody else, local elected or appointed official. Um, so when you're when you're doing the travel and then all of a sudden you're supposed to not travel, people are nervous about things. People were distracted. The, the mayor can't can't have a, a free day to sit down. He's sitting down talking about public health and public safety and uh, a lot of revenue issues. Things got upended on on uh, sales tax uh, and, and some of the. So uh, even through the disruptions, I was able to do 20 episodes. And so I'm, I'm set on on doing that. And I'm actually I've started a second podcast that's going to that's going to start this year. So that's the other reason I had to make it specifically 20. That'll still be released every other week once I get started. Um, but those are on the leadership. I'm starting a new podcast called Green Shoots, and I've already got sponsors lined up for that, uh, including the, uh, the Georgia Rural Center, uh, Georgia Grown and Paul Vineyards. That's actually right here in Irwin County, uh, the family farm I actually referenced earlier. Um, and those are, are going to be stories about rural businesses. I ended up talking a lot about the, the local small town leadership. And I always want to tell about some of these, you know, kind of family business operations, a lot of times ag based, but not always just just agriculture. Um, and so, yeah, I'm actually starting a, a new podcast, completely separate, a small town podcast, obviously a similar type of thing, but, but slightly different. So. So, yeah, with that in the mix, I had to keep it at 20 episodes with small town podcast. So you obviously enjoy being busy and having a lot on your plate. <laughs> I, uh, I do tend to uh, stretch myself thin. Um, I've been incredibly fortunate to, uh, to start to build a, a very supportive staff uh, that's helped. I actually, a couple of years ago, started a digital marketing agency. Um, and so now I've got three three uh, young professional women that, uh, that, that manage not just my brands, but also we do this, we do client work, uh, digital management, whether it's building and maintaining websites, uh, managing social media and, and digital production, which include audio, like a podcast and promotional videos, whether they go on YouTube channels or, or shorter ones that go on social media. Um, so, so that part in promoting the small towns and promoting the small town businesses uh, it has become very much a team effort. So, so yes, I do like taking on new things and new projects and, and the excitement of that. Um, but, but I'm definitely not doing it all by myself anymore. I've listened to some of your episodes in the past. Uh, not all of them. I've been a little busy, as you would imagine. Uh, <laughs> you got your own podcast. Absolutely. I got that. I got a full-time job. I got a newborn baby. Life is busy right now. Uh, which, you know, I, I'd rather be busy uh, than just sitting around doing nothing. But what's fun for me with your podcast is I know the places you're discussing. 
somebody mentioned Douglas on an episode, and I told my wife, said, they just said Douglas, my hometown. You know, it's fun to hear about my hometown on a podcast. So that's fun because I know the area where you're from, the cities. Uh, so that's fun for me. Yeah. I'll tell you, you'll, you'll love this then. Um, the, the, uh, cause yeah, we're sitting right here. We're 30 minutes uh, from Douglas and on the other side, 30 minutes from Tifton. And so, yeah, people around here get a kick out of the feeling like, oh, we're famous now. Cause now there's this, this podcast, this, you know, I have to describe it as a radio show to people that don't listen to podcasts, but um, Douglas coffee County economic development authority and chamber of commerce is actually a season sponsor for season four uh, and we worked out a deal that Douglas is too big because my population, high watermark for population for, for a, a town that I consider a small town for my podcast is 10,000. Well, Douglas is bigger than that. But Ambrose, Broxton and Nichols are all small towns in Coffee County. And so all three of those will be featured episodes this season on, on the podcast. So you'll get to hear some more uh, from where, where you're from. Well, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun to listen to that. And uh, it's kind of funny that Douglas is too big. It's a big city right. for your small town podcast. Yeah, I, I tell Mayor, Mayor Tony Polk of, uh, of Douglas and, and Mayor Julie Smith of Tifton, uh, both uh, both friends have mentioned something about it. I just tell them your your uh, your towns are booming metropolises compared to to the small town of Osceola. So yeah, you're 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 too big. That's where people. They, if they can't get something in Osceola downtown, hopefully they're shopping here first, but they can't, they're going one direction or the other to, to either Tifton or Douglas to, uh, to pick up something. Uh, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, it's all relative. So I'm sure they think they're small towns compared to a, a Macon, a Savannah or Valdosta, but, but to compare to us, they're, they're the big city. Well, I don't want to brag, but Douglas recently, we did open a Chick-fil-A, a Chick-fil-A opened in town. So we are moving up. Yes, yes. There's a chick. So now there's Chick Fil A 30 minutes in either direction from Osceola. So yeah, we get to we get to we get to a little. I guess the second degree of that because we we don't have to drive quite as far now. We can just go head over to Douglas instead of having to go much farther away. There is a, a Chick Fil A in Tifton, so we've we've had that. But now we can go either direction. So yeah, we're excited about that too. <laughs> what have you learned about small towns since you started your podcast? I guess the biggest thing it just reinforces, and it's something that I think people would would say, yeah, I know that, but it's it's nice to to have this reinforced is that a lot of a lot of our challenges are are similar. We have a lot of things in common, um, and and the the good there's two good things about that. First of all, it's nice not to be alone if you're in some kind of trouble or going through a, a not not so great situation. So that's there's some comfort in that. But the other piece of that is. That means we can help each other figure out how to tackle these challenges. Um, now, some of the big things like the tax digest receding while while cost of things goes up, that one's that one's a pretty big one to tackle. But some of the little things um, that, that folks are doing, and, and that's the great thing about the networking uh, that I've been able to do by the Georgia Municipal Association and, and any municipal association. I've now got relationship with the Mississippi Municipal League because of the podcast series I did in Mississippi on the Louisiana Municipal Association. I'm actually headed back to Louisiana for season four, but went there two years ago uh, to do some small towns there. Those municipal associations are these great networking opportunities and, and all the events. And even, even though we're not meeting in person now, the virtual opportunities uh, to call up somebody and say, hey, this is Mayor So-and-so. This is Mayor Seal over in 
Osilla, I'm having trouble with this, and I hear you've got a success story because it got promoted in this email, this newsletter, this you know, this publication, whatever. Um, and you can get some tips. And and nobody, nobody that I've ever met that's in, in local leadership and in, in local government, city, county, or otherwise, um, wants to have a success story and then keep it to themselves. They would love to tell you how they accomplished it, what they ran into, what they tried the three times before they finally found this way that seems to work and help you achieve the same success. Um, once there's success in an area, uh, and this is, this is not just small towns, this is just municipal government. Once someone finds out, hey, here's something we tried and it turns out it worked and it might work for you too. You may have to tweak it for your community because every community is obviously slightly different, um, but, but nobody, nobody benefits by being the only one that has the success. Uh, they want to share that and, and let it be replicated. So that's been an incredible benefit of participating in in these opportunities to to see what's going on in other towns. And so that's that's the biggest thing for me. I get the advantage of because you, you hear the interview, and most of the interviews are exactly what happened with a little bit of editing here and there. Um, but then I hit stop and I start taking down my microphones, and more often than not. I'm still in a conversation with my guest, and sometimes there's some other people involved that they weren't on the microphone, but were involved in coordinating the episode. And I get to ask a few questions. I get to hear about the new project in more depth, something that got mentioned for five or seven minutes on the recording. I get 20 more minutes to ask some some more in-depth questions that, you know, were just maybe just a little too nerdy for me to, to ask and put on the podcast or would have been too too lengthy. Sometimes we go to lunch afterwards. Uh, I get to go visit some of these places. So I get a huge advantage of, of seeing the great success stories. I wish I could portray and give all the details. But of course, when I'm trying to keep an episode under an hour, that's just not practical or possible. But that's that's the that's the thing is, is there's there's some challenges, but there's some some ways we can we can overcome these challenges. And there's some there's some cities doing it. There's uh, there's some small towns um handling things and making things better for their economic development situation uh with regard to rural broadband um there's some some folks ha having some successes by doing things a little different with regard to rural health care um and and job creation uh instead of going after the the big you know 400 employee <laughs> factory or, or plant or manufacturing facility um you know setting up incubators to to attract people that can employ three to five and if somebody has an incentive to start a business for, with five employees, um, you know, big cities, that's 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 just not enough for them to to focus on. So, you know, finding the niches, finding the the ways to go about things, how to attract, how to engage. Um, yeah. Just just how to how to do things a little different. And, and that's what leadership is, is is making things better and uh, better is by definition different than the way it is now, uh, usually in a, in a good way. Now, obviously, there are so many more small towns that you can visit in the United States. But have you thought about maybe having some small towns and maybe take the podcast internationally, uh, Canada, for example, having some small towns from Canada on the show? I actually have had uh, it's been it's been fun. The the people that'll engage you, send you an email, it'll contact, you know, comment through the website or on social media. And I've had conversations with people in Canada, uh, Australia, New Zealand, um, and Ireland. 
Um, and so, yeah, I would love to have small town podcast international version. Um, <laughs> that's a, that'll that'll uh, be a little down the road. Um, I, there are 538 um, incorporated cities just in the state of Georgia. Um, and uh, I believe 80 percent, but I know over 75 percent have populations of less than 10,000. Um, so just just that number alone would keep me busy for years and years just in my own home state. And I've already just had the, the great opportunity to go to Mississippi, uh, to Louisiana. Like I said, I'm going back to Louisiana. I've been in conversations with uh, with folks in Florida, Alabama, Kentucky, Iowa, Arkansas, uh, and uh, let's see, also North and South Carolina. So uh, would love, I mean, that would just branch out. That doesn't even get me that far out of the Southeast, you know? So um, yeah, I know there's just great stories. I'd love to explore um, because I think, regions of the country, um, just the way the small towns are, and state to state things are different. Louisiana, because uh, in Georgia, we just have, you're an incorporated city and you can be any size and very, by technically by definition, you're called a city. Well, in Louisiana, they've got three different classifications. They've got cities, towns, and villages, and it's a definition based on population. So it's, and I'm sure there's townships and different ways of doing things. And and so I just think that's interesting, the what how how things are set up in different places. And like I said, I'm I'm a local government nerd now, trying to figure out all the all the you know city charters and how things are set up at that level is interesting to me. Um, but you know, the the way that small towns interact and do things at the government level in the Midwest, uh, in the Northeast, out in the Southwest, those are all. I'm sure they're going to have nuanced differences, but I I also feel like there'd still be some commonality and just that sense of community that's that's just different in the small town. Nothing against big cities and a lot of neighborhoods or, or you know, areas of big cities kind of act like small towns by themselves, but they're still in, in a place that's, you know, big and, and connected with tons of amenities. And so it's just a, a very different feel. And, and I'm just a small town guy. So I'd love to visit small towns everywhere. And yeah, definitely international would, would definitely be an aspirational goal for the future. Do you have a launch date yet for the new podcast? Um, I'm looking at mid-March. I haven't nailed down the exact date just yet, but uh, but once we get those started, there'll be a new episode every other. Uh, I release them on on Mondays, uh, and then there's you, you got two weeks to for that episode, and like I said, to promote it and, uh, and follow on social media. So right now, we're just encouraging people to to hey, if you if you just find out about us, go listen. There's there's a three seasons worth of episodes to, to listen to in some great small towns that you can find out more about. And there'll be more on the way uh, coming up real soon. Well, uh, everyone go download small town podcast It's available on Apple podcasts, on Spotify, on all major podcasting platforms and be on the lookout for his new podcast as well. And next time I'm in Osceola, I'll stop by city hall and I'll meet you. We'll shake hands in person. Well, maybe at a distance. Excuse me. It's 2021 COVID-19. Fist bump. <laughs> fist bump. I'm sorry. I forgot. It's 20, uh, COVID-19 season 2021. Uh, so at a distance, I will say hello. All right. That sounds great. Come by anytime. Well, Matt, it's been fun having you on the podcast, and I really look forward to new episodes of Small Town Podcast coming very soon to my Apple Podcast app. Chad, good talking to you, and I'll, I'll see you when you come through Osceola because you'll be stopping next time. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Subscribe to the Chad Whittle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. 
For a complete list of where to subscribe, visit chadwhittle.com. And while you're there, subscribe to Chad's Substack newsletter so you can stay up to date on future guests and to have his weekly articles delivered straight to your inbox. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend. You can follow Chad on Twitter at cwhittlemedia and facebook.com forward slash cwhittlemedia. You can also connect with him on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening to the Chad Whittle Podcast.